0: Announcements coming your way, Hey friends, it's Heather Avis here. Okay, before we get into this episode, I have a few announcements. That was for those of you who love when I sing talk. First and foremost, the Lucky Few Foundation, guess what, we are gonna be hitting the road for five weeks, that's right. I've talked about it here and there a little bit, but all five of the Avises are gonna be on the road. One of those stops is going to be in New Orleans at the Down Syndrome Congress Convention. And we are so excited. That's June 25th and 26th. Hey, if you're going to be at the convention, come say hi. Come find us. We're going to be in the exhibit hall. And actually, our girl Val Schleeder, producer extraordinaire of the one and only The Lucky Few podcast. She's going to be there for a couple days, and then we're going to be there on that last day. I'm going to be signing books. We're going to be taking pictures. We're going to be hearing stories. We're so excited to meet you if you're going to be there. And if you want to learn more about how you can get involved with this tour, we still need so much help in so many ways. Head over to the Lucky Few Foundation.org to learn more. Okay, announcement number two. Guess what? I have a new children's book coming out August 9th. It is called Everyone Belongs, and it is a story about two sisters who create a show, and other people wonder, can they be a part of the show? And together they create a show where, you guessed it, everyone belongs. So it is available right this very moment for pre-order, and you can go anywhere you order books and pre-order it today. Every book pre-ordered helps in a huge way for the publishers to know if anyone's interested in this book. So if you're interested in this book, if you're excited to bring into your kid's life a book that teaches them that in fact everyone belongs and you want that book in your kids' classrooms and all the spaces, go ahead and pre-order today. You can also go to heatheravis.com slash everyonebelongs to learn more. Okay, deep breath. Third and last announcement. This is for all the mamas in the space. Hey, mamas in the space, say hey. Hey. Do you need a respite? Yes. Yes, I do. Thank you so much for asking. Great. Well, well, guess what? This August, the 26th, 27th, and 28th is going to be our first ever Lucky Mamas Retreat in Southern California. It's going to be in San Diego County, hosted by myself and Liz Placta from Ruby's Rainbow. And we are bringing our flagship Lucky Mamas Retreat to the beautiful Oaks Retreat Center in Ramona, California, which is just outside of San Diego this is an all-inclusive retreat. You show up Friday evening. You don't have to worry about one thing until you go home Sunday. And then hopefully you still don't have to worry because you're so refreshed and ready to face the week. Um, It's going to be such an amazing time. You're going to get to be there with other lucky mamas. We're going to get to connect, swap stories, reflect, relax, you have time on your own, time together, really whatever you want to do. Um, We're going to feed you good food and delicious beverages, and you're going to really have an opportunity to create long-lasting friendships. Sounds amazing, right? Well, guess what? We have five spots open, only five spots left. If you would like to come to our Southern California Lucky Mama's Retreat, you can go to heatheravis.com slash events, learn more, and sign up there. All right, now on to our episode. started (laughs)
1: test 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 here we go here we we go go. okay now i lost your faces what did i do
0: (laughs) oh dear we got dings (laughs) we got faces lost
1: three old
2: biddies here well oh there we go there we go i got you i got you (laughs)
0: we're back we're back all right you guys we're gonna call it we're gonna call it uh what was that intro and it's time (laughs) time to get to it we're gonna shout some worth and shift some narratives for people with down syndrome all right today we're gonna be talking about something very sensitive and a debated topic right now and why we're gonna do this because there's important things that we want to bring to the conversation and that is everything going on right now with roe v. Wade. And abortion and down syndrome and disability. Whoo, you guys, I'm already nervous. But don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> We're not gonna get political, although I don't know how you can't. Even if our intent is not to be political, we cannot, we cannot control how it is perceived. I'll say that. And we are just going to discuss how disability relates to the conversation. That's what we what we really want to get at here. Yeah. Um, we are grateful you're here. We hope that you'll stick around. Welcome to the Lucky Few podcast. All right, you guys, I feel like the timing here is great because last week we talked about organ transplant discrimination. Did you guys have friends reach out to you after listening that were like, I had no idea this was a thing. This is horrible.
1: I didn't, but even like, I've only realized this is a thing in the past year. Hmm. It's amazing to me. Yeah. Anytime I
2: talk about it, like in person with someone, they're like, wait, what? I'm like, yes, you guys. I'm shocked too. I'm still not processing how this was ever like a thing, a question, you know, like mm-hmm. a line and certain people were in front of the line and some people weren't even in the line. You know, I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that we can even
0: just like segue almost right away into our conversation today because it. One of my friends who said something. I'm like, yes. And my kids continue to show up in every single space, being viewed as half human, unless they're around people who know and love them. Everywhere else, they are looked at and seen as half human. Oh, that poor sweet kid with Down syndrome, or you know, they're like they're not seen as fully human by everybody except those Mm -hmm. who know and love them. And that's yeah, that's what we're dealing with every day, every day. And I think our kids know. I do. I think that Macy. I want to, I want to find a trauma, um, trained researcher or something to do a big research project on the trauma caused to our kids with down syndrome by being rejected Mm -hmm. constantly in their lives, even starting from the womb. Um, and how that reflects uh, and how that, um, not reflects what's the word, like when something moves towards somebody else, it's an easy word, how that whatever uh, spills over onto parents and caregivers and family members, because, um, I don't, I've never heard that talked about, and I've been thinking yeah. about it a lot lately mm-hmm. with my kids.
1: Let's get the foundation to pay for that. Like if okay. foundation, that sounds like Next a good projects.
0: one. Yes. If you are that person <laughs> and you are the researcher person, I'm really curious about it. I really am.
1: Yeah. That's a fascinating idea, Heather. I mean, it's just fascinating to think it about It is. I, yeah, even, you know, what comes to mind is, uh, y'all remember Born This Way? And Elena, was Elena mm-hmm. the character? Uh, Elena? Elena, that's right, mm-hmm. Elena. And do you remember in the first, maybe the first or the second episode when she would like cover her ears and say, don't say down syndrome, don't say down syndrome Oh, yeah. because she had such trauma around mm. like that down syndrome was an awful thing and she had it. Oh, I know it's heavy. It's heavy stuff.
0: And I, and it kind of goes into what, why, why we decided to bring up this topic,
2: mm-hmm. because
0: I think that What i'm hearing and granted i know we're all listening to different things but what i'm hearing from like the sources i'm trying to get a well-rounded understanding of where people are coming from that's always important to me in these kind of super controversial dividing issues so Mm -hmm. i'm trying to listen to all the different viewpoints i know i'm missing some but in all of that it's still disability gets brought in a lot and i still feel like we're Hey, everybody, you're missing the point here. You're continuing to see our kids as half human. So Mm -hmm. let's, you guys want to talk about that? You feel up for it?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's Mm -hmm. talk about it. Okay. Before before we jump into it, should we read a review just to give ourselves a little deep breath? A little positivity? (sighs) Yes, (laughs) let's do it. Something Um, we can all agree on. (laughs) (laughs) This is from... Uh, S-J-O-K-T-X, who says, These three ladies do a great job of presenting topics that are beyond helpful to me as a mom of a child who has Down syndrome. I learn something new each time I listen. Okay, that feels good. <laughs> I hope you still Thank know you. The same. <laughs> <laughs> After this. Oh, I
2: know.
1: I love it. Oh, you so guys good. just...
2: Hear that? Let that
1: sink in.
0: <laughs> Say that first part again. These ladies do a great job. Thank you.
1: Any topic. difficult topics. Thank you. <laughs> These um, are real
2: people. Uh, we haven't screened them. We That's are thankful so for you,
1: SJOKTX. And we're grateful for you taking the time to write a review. And we want to remind everybody to review the show on Apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts so we can read it aloud next week. We really love reading these and we appreciate your support so much.
0: everybody deep breath shoulders back Mm. here we go okay so if you have missed everything in the last couple weeks if you've been living (laughs) under a rock in the united states that's shocking that you are listening to this podcast now but about two weeks ago by the time this comes out there was a leak from the supreme court that roe versus wade might be overturned and we've seen a lot on social media from both sides um a lot of people with a lot of opinions i think rightfully so this is a This is a huge issue. This may be one of the biggest issues that we will see unfold in our lifetime, I think, or at least in this decade. So there's a lot of content out there. And if anything, I think in the last three to five years, we've learned to be polarized by all the things we hear instead Mm -hmm. of trying to understand. And I think we see that happening. I don't know that anyone can disagree with that. And the other day, our friend and our former guest, Amy Julia Becker, posted something on her Instagram page that I think was brave and smart and thoughtful. And it really got the three of us thinking. And we thought this is a good way, not a good way. This feels like a helpful way in a conversation to approach the topic a conversation we want to have. Because she states some people on both sides of the abortion debate use people with disabilities in troubling and dehumanizing ways. Mm. So there it is, that's gonna be the foundation for our conversation here. I'm
1: just gonna sit that there for a minute. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I just wanna add that I feel like we have been trained by our culture and by our media to to, um, separate ourselves, right, to put all of these categories into boxes and say, you people on that side believe these things and you're wrong, not only wrong, but like seeing the world in an evil way. And then you people on this side are and and we sort of are fed here's what you're supposed to believe if you choose this side or if you choose this side and mm-hmm. I think one of the gifts that I have found in the disability community is that we are all brought together by loving someone with a disability, and there we have to learn how to break down walls so that we can have conversations about the people we love mm-hmm. and So I hope that's what this conversation can be today, is not about whether somebody is pro-life or pro-choice, but uh, what this means for our loved ones with disabilities and particularly with Down syndrome, as we talk about it and as we talk about humanity and what gives a person value.
2: One thing that I kind of thought of right away when we started Thinking about this as I was thinking about an example of ways that I feel like both sides of the two thoughts would say to me personally, and I know it's in the sense of adoption, but and Micah, I would like to hear if you've gotten this a lot, but and most of you parents, most parents with a child with Down syndrome have, um, I'm assuming, but others who come up to me and say, you know, good job. Like you're doing, they're so blessed to have you. Like I couldn't do this or, um, something to that sense of praising me. And I, so I take that as I assume that because we adopted, right? Like that was a choice that we made. So they say that, have you gotten that before, Micah? Like That's amazing. He's so lucky to have you and Chris. Like, have you gotten that same thought or same thing said to you?
1: Yeah. People have said that to me. And I think particularly right after he was born, when he was little for a while. And of course, like I was living in San Francisco and that's a different world in terms of politically. (laughs) Yes. I, I had a lot of people say, wow, what made you decide to keep him? Hmm which was shocking I just was Mm -hmm. like I don't I how am I supposed to answer this we're standing on the playground. yeah our kids are playing my baby's in my carrier yeah and I love him so much are you you seriously asking me how I decided to keep him yes um and
2: that's socially like I just feel like that's like a a quiet not a quiet but a sneaky conditioning that's Mm -hmm. happened that like gets just kind of brought up kind Mm -hmm. of to give notion or to give you a feeling of like, again, that this person who has now been brought to life or who is in my life or in the community is less important. And that I get that comment from both sides, you know, Mm -hmm. atheists, Christians, you know, I could never do that or she's so blessed to have you. So I feel like, I think that's interesting.
1: you know, that, I don't know. Well, and I think that's an interesting point you make, Mercedes, that it is, like you've gotten that from Christians too, like the people that are generally thought of as like, oh, these are the super conservatives who are fighting to -hmm. end Roe v. Wade. It doesn't mean because someone is is standing in a pro-life position that they are valuing the full humanity the pro-life People, down syndrome yeah the pro-life down syndrome i'll say it like, <laughs> that, that they are valuing yeah. the full full humanity of our kids yeah and and that's a real problem mm-hmm. because it becomes about this particular laser focus of one thing yeah but um you know i think even those questions asked to me right after he was born i can take back to the pregnancy when I was constantly asked, constantly asked, wow. oh, is your, is the baby healthy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. we right. an episode on that. Yes. Yeah. And it was, Oops. I didn't, I was like in such a traumatized place of like grief and trying to work through this prenatal diagnosis and constantly asked if the baby was healthy by strangers packing my, like <laughs> packing the groceries. Yeah. Yeah. And right. and <clears throat> like, how are you supposed to answer that? And there, it just comes down to this: like, the emphasis we have as a culture on, like, like as long as everything's fine, then we'll we're happy for you, or something. And that's healthy. And it's as healthy, long as, right? Everything's healthy, everything's normal, right. right? And then how
0: how we've defined normal are the the things that we've allowed to. What what someone's saying to you when they're saying healthy, what they're assuming, what they're thinking, what's in their mind. And I think like the gift of my life, raising a child with Down syndrome is that all of that has been shifted for me, mm-hmm. you know, all of that has been shifted. And I, and in this conversation, I get so frustrated because like you're saying, Mercedes, it's on all, all, it's both ends, you know, it's like the, on the one end, it's like when your child in utero is diagnosed with a disability of, of some kind, a diagnosable disability in this case, Down syndrome what we're the messaging is they will be a burden on you and on society. Therefore they, we should terminate the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And there the most recent statistics that came out since 2011, when the screening for down syndrome has become more excess less invasive, there's non-invasive screening for down syndrome. Now it's like 60 to 90% of women in the United States who get a positive t- in utero test choose to terminate based on down syndrome, not like they, they otherwise would have carried to term and parented
2: that, that is, a, that is a big deal in
0: this conversation when it comes to Roe Wade, but just in general and how we view the worth of a human, what we decide is worthy or not as a society. And it's borderline eugenics. And mm-hmm. it goes back to like institutionalization days and all of that. It's, it's a problem. I think it's a um, big problem that I'd like to see addressed a little bit more with the nuance that these conversations right now that are so polarizing around the Roe v. Wade aren't even taking into consideration. There's that. And then there's the other side of the very, very pro-life side that's like, yeah, this person, your child will be such an angel. They'll be such a blessing to you. And it's also dehumanizing the fullness of who they are, right? Like, yes, my kids are a blessing to me. My kids with Down syndrome. Yes, they're a lot of good things, angelic, not, not ever. <laughs> and sometimes it's really hard. Yeah. Sometimes it's really hard to have a kid with Down syndrome. Sometimes things about Down syndrome are really hard. Mm-hmm. So don't be coming at me like, oh, this, like, God's going to bless you because this baby. God, in my faith view, God's blessing with this baby or not, right? Like God's goodness is all, is on all of it. Mm-hmm. So don't dehumanize my child in that regard either. Mm-hmm yeah and and. which
2: feels so complicated because Heather (laughs) I hear you in that of like I hear you in that because it could almost make people like myself I'll speak for myself never want to I remember okay Sunflower was three and I remember being like so does anybody ever get mad at their child with Down syndrome (laughs) (laughs) like I just feel like nobody ever does but me (laughs) because you we're always trying to convince the world that they're worthy and so much fun. And <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> not that it's easy, but parenting is no different. Like I don't know, you know, beginning days of Instagram. Or even yeah. entering the conversation, you don't always want to go bashing your child. So I get that, but there was, there is this sense of like fear of saying. Raising a child with Down syndrome is hard because people are looking so quickly to um end it, you know, or like make it like, well, yeah, because you know, they've Down syndrome, dehumanize them. Like it's it's such a hard place to be in where honesty can't really thrive because it is so um because the person with down a person with down syndrome is not fully seen as human. They're still in a box, they're still on a category.
1: Right. I think that, I mean, that reminds me of just the idea that the truth sets us free. Like Mm. we are, we want to put ourselves into boxes as a culture and society. We want to say, here's what Down syndrome is. It's a burden. Or here's what Down syndrome is. It's an angel. And the reality is in the middle, which is what we're living Mm. in our Mm. lives. And it's it's humanity, which is not perfect. Mm -hmm. It's just all of us who Mm -hmm. are humans. Right. Yeah. And I think that that is the nuance that doesn't make it into the conversation, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to disability. Yeah. Right? Because those of us who are like, no, my child's valuable are tempted to go down the angel route because it's easier mm-hmm. to tell the conversation, to make the conversation be the angel story. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And even within that, what feels frustrating to me is what about the conversation? About our kids without Down syndrome, who also come with just a basket full of challenges, you know
2: <laughs> and, <these>
1: still
0: angels <laughs> right like what why are, why do we leave all that out of the conversation our, and and that our kids all of our kids enter into this world with significant needs and challenges mm. and blessings and goodness, Down syndrome or not, and we don't and and the other part of the conversation isn't even considered when talking about when when talking about these this kind of an issue about parenting your child with down syndrome or not about about birthing a child with down syndrome or not um, mm. it's it's that idea of, uh, that we talk about a lot like proximity and relationship change everything and so much in the popular spaces right now and the loudest voices there's not a lot of proximity or relationship to anyone in the categories, right? Like there, and I think in a lot of the conversations, people making the decisions, people, yeah, people with the loudest voices, like how, when did you just stop and take a breath and sit in the thing that you are fighting for or against? Like, when was, when did that happen? And people are, it's not everybody, but I feel like the loudest voices are. I'm being vague here. Sorry. Are those who are not sitting in the thing in which they are fighting for or fighting against?
1: Yeah, mm. because those who are deep in it are, you know, if we're talking about the the issue of disability, like how many of us have time to be fighting political fights? Right. We're, we're just we're raising our kids, right? Mm-hmm. We're, right. We're choosing not even to join PTA because we can't <laughs> do that. <anymore>. Right. So, <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's. I think it. I think that, like, what also doesn't end up in the conversation is how much, as a mom of a kid with disability, I depend on my my position as a as a person who is upper middle class, who had the ability to stop working when mm-hmm. Ace was born, so I could get him to all his appointments and all his his um his intervention and therapy. And I think that that's a conversation that needs to be had, too, when we're Mm -hmm. talking about um, how how we support people who do get a disability diagnosis and who don't have the financial means that probably, I'm guessing, most of the people who listen to this podcast do have. Those of us who have the ability to, like, download podcasts and have our special time where we listen or whatever Mm -hmm. and i i know that there's a lot of government assistance for i mean i benefit so much right Mm -hmm. from what is available for my son but it's a really complicated hard system to navigate 100
2: Mm percent. i was gonna say that i
1: remember when we were just trying to
2: like we moved to cities and counties right Mm -hmm. and so you have your kiddo and they're all set up in one city and county there's no just like one little hey address change hey guys there needs to be a button you push this (laughs) button and everything update your address
0: (laughs) it's a nightmare
2: it is calling at only during work hours so if you are a person who works 40 hours a week hourly pay and you need to do something extra for your child with Medi-Cal, with um, regional center. You got to call in sick to work because you have to have these blocks of hours. and you have to have a good 30 minute whole time period. You've got to fully know every lingo, language, write down the person's name you talk to, like all this, that, have right. your paper all together with you, ready to submit. Figure that this won't be the only call. So now you got to call and sick to work another day. <laughs> like it right, is a right. disaster <laughs> that is not meant for people who work full time, to be not quite there. honest, and who maybe speak primarily a sequ- second language or have any other. What's it called? uh special circumstance that needs extra assistance. No, you have to nobody's on your side in those conversations. You got to be quick. You got to know what you're you want to say. You got to take notes. It's so hard. It's hard for me. I'm like, "Andy, I'm holding the baby. I can't make this call." Like I, can't, <laughs> I know, Like this is I know. too hard. <laughs> I, I have know. to concentrate too hard <laughs> for this. Like it's we she doesn't have medical like I don't
0: know. I, no more Is no that, more support. We're out.
2: Same. No more support. I can't talk to another yes. person and ha- get hung up on. Josh <laughs> just,
0: yeah, we just Art. renewed our regional center, like our, our annual. And Josh was on the phone for over an hour just yes. for the an- like to renew it. And again, these are services that I'm so grateful for. There there are a lot, there are a lot of services that, yes. that allow us to that come alongside and support us raising our kids. And within those systems, the flaws are very massive and the time. Yeah. And, and this is the kicker for me, y'all. The systems that come alongside us to help us with our kids come along with the broken idea of what disability means and project that onto our kids, even if they're not meaning to. And so it goes back to in these conversations, like what I want our listeners to hear and What the conversations I'm hoping that can be brought up with this, like as a little caveat to the topic of Roe v. Wade and what's happening is that key thing of who has value and worth. And when my kids step out of my home, no matter where they go, they are seen as less human period. That is a problem. That is a problem. And it's a problem that we're not even facing and this conversation with Roe v. Wade gives us an opportunity to call it out and bring people into it.
1: I'll just jump in with something that Amy Julia said that I think is interesting to this part of the conversation. She said, the truth is that children with disabilities are as broken and beautiful as any other children and that many of them have complex needs that require significant support. Women facing an unexpected pregnancy and or an unexpected diagnosis can only move forward with that pregnancy within a web of social, financial, spiritual, and emotional support. Our individualistic culture that does not value or support women, children, and people with disabilities is complicit in the number of abortions chosen every year. Mm-hmm. Think that is I mean I think we could like unravel that for a while here but I think coming back to that idea of like how did each of us make it through it you know I my diagnosis was unexpected but my pregnancy wasn't I was ready for that right and you guys chose the diagnosis and to bring a child home but all of us couldn't have moved forward without social, financial, spiritual, and emotional support. hundred percent. I think that that's, you know, as we have this conversation, I think it's so important to recognize for all of us who are raising kids with disability, where we've gotten that support and consider what it means for women who don't have that support.
0: The semantics of it start to become really overwhelming, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. and what is ours to do or not, and yeah, it's it becomes really overwhelming, and um I don't I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, I just know that the, the thing that I continue to come back to, and I, everyone's probably tired of it because I repeat myself so much, is how life changing it has been for me. In regards to how I view the value of any life, including my own, mm-hmm. because of my kids with Down syndrome, mm-hmm. and getting to praise them and be and be in proximity with them and other people, and how that opened up doors in the disability space for access to other access sounds so cold, but opportunity for relationship with people that um, society has already deemed less worthy and cast out, mm-hmm. and and that's kind of the challenge I want to give everybody on all parts of the conversation when it comes to this topic is, you know, what, what makes life valuable mm-hmm. per- Like, period. What gives a life value? And, and are you able to see all different kinds of people as fully human? Mm-hmm. Because they because yeah. people don't see my kids that way, and if they say they do, that's the problem. That's the problem is no. If if we're fighting this hard for them to have access to their communities, then no, it's I call I call BS,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and hope that people would pause and look at their complacency in it in denying our kids of what their their full value and worth as a human.
2: I think that's where. Even when we were, Micah, like, after you had your sentence, that's where I had to pause because I feel like my frustration would get the best of me of mm-hmm. uh, when we talk. Because I do, I get bummed that it is separated, like the abortion topic and Down syndrome. Okay, because then when the child with Down syndrome, the mom chose to keep him. Okay, okay, so now I had the baby. And now I have to hit a roadblock every step of the way to then get full support for my child, equal access for my child. You know, it makes me feel frustrated because it goes back to just that full human thing, but to then fight so hard and be so bold and almost like, I don't know, shaming and slandering To others and be so pro-life it's like then that baby is that life is born and then that life is not fully valued just is so frustrating to me and I I get stuck on that a lot because I'm so bummed by like society I think society in that like when someone feels like they have the right answer and then they're, like, shouting it from the rooftop and not in regards to the least of these. Yeah. Right? And and not really keeping in mind, then, that carrying that full shout their worth out. Okay? And shout the worth of a life all the way through mm-hmm. in other areas of life. In your child's school, you know, do they have a person with Down syndrome in their class? Is is it separated? Okay. How about at your church? Is there, do you see down person with Down syndrome at your church? You don't, Well, that's insane. You know, like I just see so many examples, but also because I'm a parent to a child with Down syndrome. I feel like nobody wants to care mm. about it unless they directly proximity, like you're saying, Heather, you know, are involved. And it's like, okay, what do we, how do I change that? How do I give everybody a person with Down syndrome? You know, like, how yeah, do I right, right. do that? And so it does feel like this heavier this time around with this topic coming up, just where I'm at, where I'm at as a person. Um, It just feels so much different than how I used to think when I was 18, 20 mm-hmm. years old, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I don't know, just this conversation. It it's super i have found that it's very it's a sad one it's frustrating it's sad because there is no i i just don't think we could ever have a black and white answer to mm-hmm. this and that's also frustrating because people want to and it's not loving and not understandable to have that i don't know to me personally
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. i'll add that um Amy Julia wraps up her her post saying, for all of us who find ourselves uncertain about what the law should say when it comes to abortion, perhaps we can find a place of increased commitment to support women and children, not as burdens or angels, but as blessed, broken, beautiful creatures we all are. Hmm. I think there is value in allowing ourselves and each other to, to be uncertain. When it comes to a topic that's as nuanced as this, mm. or that yeah. should be as nuanced as this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. I really want to put a nice bow on things. I know. <laughs> I don't. It's a practice that I have learned to grow away from, but this one, I'm like, can you tie it up? Nice to neat? And it's not, we can't. It's messy. And I hope for people who are frustrated at what we've said or haven't said, just can remember that we are also just flawed humans (laughs) navigating it in real time, you know, like all of us are. And we hope the conversation can keep going. Any last thoughts, ladies?
1: I think this conversation also needs to include like championing policies and practices that will make life better. For Mm -hmm. women living in poverty, for children growing up in poverty, for people with disabilities. And some of that is thinking about laws outside of abortion. Like, what about economic realities are making life harder for people living with a low income? What about universal leave for those moms who are working hourly jobs, who can't Mm -hmm who have to take the day off and not get paid in order to call their regional center. You know, what about affordable housing, childcare, and transportation? What about, um, pregnancy prevention? And, um, you know, how are we empowering disadvantaged women? I think all of those questions are really important for us to ask on either side of the debate. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good to keep having a conversation and, to be okay, not agreeing with people, I just want to encourage everyone to stop letting, like, being so polarized. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get anywhere if we don't have the conversations, you know, and a willingness to hear people out. We're not going to always agree, but Mm-mm. we gotta, we've gotta listen to one another, you guys.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oof. Tough conversation.
0: Oof. I know it's just going to get messier y'all like we are just getting started and it is
2: we are oh
0: yes (laughs) oh my gosh oh my gosh can oh I'll say too Micah because the the policies are important and those are things that like the an actionable step to Mm -hmm. see what's happening in your community what's available how you can show up and policy is important I heard a man recently, I was watching this um, documentary about disability in the media. It's fascinating. I need to find the name of it and we can put it on the show notes. And this man who worked alongside Martin Luther King Jr. He said I'm not, this is not a direct quote. I'll have to find the direct quote, but something like things change with perception before they change with policy. And then they Mm -hmm. talked about ADA. And so I think there's a both and here. I think that we, which is why we do what we do at the lucky few. Like like Mercedes, you were saying, I wish everyone could have a person with Down syndrome. That's kind of what we've created as an archive and a machine to get people some kind of proximity to real people with Down syndrome and those who love them in a very diverse way. Like all kinds of people, all the different ethnicities and socioeconomic and ages and experiences and all that. And so I think it's both. I think that as parents listening, how important it is, those relationship pieces, you know, like we can't undervalue the way that people's perceptions are changing, even if it's just a one or two people within your circle of proximity, that their perception about down syndrome is changing because of your child with down syndrome and the relationship that they get to have with that person. That's, that's really power. I will, I still believe that that is so powerful and important and that's all.
1: I absolutely
2: agree.
0: Mm-hmm. Same. Same. Okay. Yeah. Well, we just, good news. Woo! We,
1: we fixed it. We, we figured there, it out. There's the
2: bow. <laughs> there's
0: no bow. It's a mess, you guys. <laughs> okay. Let's right. take a breather and then we'll get back in here. Some good news. I want Micah to sing us in. Oh. Oh, hey. Or Mercedes
1: oh gosh <laughs> right, here we go I'm Gonna. Ha, 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 ha. there we go we got it if you like good news raise your hand if you like good news raise your hand if you like good news and you feel it in your shoes if you like yes. good news <laughs> raise your hands everybody oh, oh
0: my everybody. gosh everybody <laughs> Oh
1: oh my god. In rounds!
0: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Time
2: for good news. Time for good news.
0: Everybody, welcome to the good news.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: All right. All right, everybody. I got a little slice of good news with Mason Hope. So they've been playing baseball. And for a lot of games in a row, the coach sort of just throws the ball to her bat. And, and then it taps her bat and then she runs and she's so happy. And she's super frustrated at every miss of a swing. No, she sure. But we've been practicing. And at her last game, she got an actual hit. Swung the Whoa. bat, and she hit the ball, made contact with the ball. So she, it's it's really fun to watch her improve in something that we never have tried done before, you know, like to watch her practice and improve at hitting a ball. So that's my good news
2: for so cute. (laughs) It's
0: the best.
1: Um, I'll share my good news. I, this has been a long time coming with the AAC device where Mm. ACE is like, I feel like anytime he uses it, it's because I have presented it. I've gotten it to the right page, you know, all of those things, Um, but he's using it a lot more to say what he wants to do around the house. And yesterday he said he wanted to watch TV and he said Elmo. And so I went to go uh, turn it on. We were standing there, he got all ready. He like got in a spot to watch. And then, you know, I was like using YouTube and like just asked for Sesame Street. And this video came up that was like cartoon Elmo and Cookie Monster. And Ace was not having it. He does not like cartoon version. And he got off his little spot and he walked back over to his talker. And he went Elmo, 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 and and then looked at me. And so I changed <laughs> like, it. Got it. <laughs> I changed it to the and right. I make it any
0: screen. more clear.
1: <laughs> and I and he picked the one he wanted, and uh, he was very happy. Whenever he's happy with the show, he gives me the elbow. He like. If I'm close by, he just elbows me slowly away. <laughs> <And> then, <sighs> <and> then... <laughs> he's like, and that's enough of you. And we've got to <laughs> get out of here.
2: And try to be <laughs> sweet about it. Okay. Sunny so used to blow me a kiss. Okay.
1: <laughs> that's nice. It was probably nice. There there. Bye-bye. That
2: bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, Micah, that's so
0: big. That's such good news.
1: Yeah. Thank you. It was cool.
0: Communication is every...
1: it's so important. Away yeah it is it's happening around here
2: um we have a good news from a listener Renee Babineau says Nora is almost three and putting together two to three word sentences woo she's starting to express what she wants and we can
1: understand her yay communication, guys <laughs> we were it's just talking a communication about that. day Nora way to go girl
0: Good job, Nora. I love that. Thank you, Renee Bavenue, for sharing that good news. Friends, if you have good news to share, you can head to the lucky few pod on Instagram, leave us a direct message, email hello at the lucky few podcast.com with your good news, go to the lucky few podcast.com. Thank you for sharing. And that's it friends. We're going to wrap this one up. I'm going to exhale that. Whew.
1: <laughs> we want to thank josh avis for editing this episode and Val leader for producing it
2: mm, don't forget to subscribe friends um, and check us out on the lucky podcast.com for all the show notes and things we've mentioned today and be sure to follow us on sh- social medias all the social medias um mm-hmm. at the lucky few pod and you can share this episode with family and friends. We'd love to continue the conversation with you over, at,
0: over on the lucky few pod on Instagram and listener. You are slaying it and we love you. We're here cheering you on always. And we can't wait to be together for another episode next week. But for now, goodbye.
1: Goodbye. Goodbye. Let's do it in a round. Oh. <laughs> goodbye.
0: Goodbye. Goodbye.
1: goodbye. 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 goodbye.
0: goodbye. Good. <laughs> there's a good and there's a bye and there's a good bye when you put the words together. Sometimes it's a bad bye, but that's not the word that we use. It's goodbye. goodbye. Okay. Alright. Goodbye. Rabbit. Right. Rudolf. <laughs>